Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Five Guys on Live. Uh, we are ready to go. We have a full lineup of topics, uh, pretty heavy week to delve into. So starting off, you know, those of you who are watching, let us know who you are and where you're coming in from, uh, and let us know your thoughts. Gentlemen, let's start right off the bat with our very first big topic of the night, and that is the situation involving the school shooting in Michigan uh, that, in, that involves this young man, Ethan Crumbly. Um, Ethan Crumbly, <laughs> Crumbly everybody, uh, this is his picture. This is a young man. Uh, these are the images on the uh, left. We have this young man's actual mugshot. On the right, you have the picture from the media that they originally launched to tell the story. Uh, this young man went into school, shot and killed four people. The videos from the young people impacted were uh, harrowing, if nothing else. Uh, we were able to see one class escape out when this young man went to the door pretending to be the actual sheriff's deputy trying to get into that classroom to massacre more children. It's a really heartbreaking situation that has become even more compounded by the possible role that his parents played in enabling him. Gentlemen, before I say anything else and to our viewers, what do you think about the Ethan Quandley situation uh, in Michigan? I mean, I, I think it's terrible. Um, and especially like since recently, there's seems like it's been an uptake in more and more gun violence, especially within the schools and young kids. And so I'm glad and I hope we talk more about this, that these parents are being held liable um, because um, of the of them knowing um, and being implicit in, in the whole act to me. Um, and so it's, it's just sad that students and kids can just go to school and learn um, but have to deal with this on a daily basis um, and struggle and fear of who might shoot them or kill them. Um, and, and it's just disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's just it's we're continuously seeing this time and time again. Like this is now I hate that the fact that this is becoming a norm. Um, and it's and it's bothering me. First and foremost, you already know how I feel about this whole concept of making sure that they gave us picture number two. Um, and and, you know, whenever it's obviously a black kid or uh, a, a, a black individual uh, who is ultimately uh, in this predicament, they're always finding the worst. They're trying to find, you know, them. They go through their uh, social media and try to find the worst picture possible. Um, and so, you know. We already talk about how, and again, these this is in these moments where, again, I hate to say this, but you give leverage to people like a Donald Trump and others who always had issues with the media. Now you're giving again these are those moments where you give them a talking point. Um, but even in this in this case, there's even something that has happened um, as um, as early as to, uh, the last day or two in South Fulton, where a sixth, eighth grader, um, young girl. Uh, was on a bus actually beating up and fighting a sixth grade young man. He was doing the whole thing where he wasn't gun, you know, he was trying his best to, you know, I'm staying, I'm not going to hit her, everything else. Then she turned around and said she's going to bring a gun to kill him, you know. And so 
these are the things that are happening in these schools and in these families. It's like, you know, how do we, again, how do we have, you know, beyond all the, the gun violence and everything, how do we have these real conversations um, about these children and the issues that they're having in these, in, in these schools? So it goes beyond even the gun issues, even the gun, the gun violence is we are having real, it, these kids are really having major issues um, in these environments and we have to figure out how we, how do we combat it? Yeah, definitely. I know um, for me, like being in the classroom, um, it was disheartening to have at the beginning of the year. You know, when I was in school, we had our fire drills. We had our tornado drills. That, those were the things that we went into, you know, the hallway to do or evacuating the building in case there's a fire. But to have children piling up in bathrooms and hiding, you know, behind desks and in closets because of the possibility of an active shooter, that's not something that children should have to even be preparing for. But the fact that this has become such a prevalent issue is the reality that a lot of educators and students are facing around the nation, if not the world. And so there definitely needs to be more um, a, a greater focus on gun control in general, but specifically in figuring out how do we keep people from even coming into the school with the gun in the first place. So there's a lot of accountability that needs to be had with the child, with the parents, and also with the way that districts are handling um, weapons and making sure that things like this don't happen as often as they do. So Darius, do you think, um, and I know it was a, a past topic before, um, educators should be armed? No, I, I don't because, because then- what I'm the, almost to that point. But what becomes the implication is that an educator is now going to be responsible for killing someone, you know, and I know that is in defense of the students or of themselves. But I don't want to be in a classroom with a gun talking about in the event that somebody break into this school, I'm going to shoot them or in the event yeah. that one of my students has a gun, I'm going to shoot them like, no, that does not need to. be. And that's not the educator's job. Exactly. It is not the educator's job to protect the children in this classroom from their peer who has decided to become a murderer. That's not the educator's job. That's not the functionality of teachers. Um, and the reality is, like uh, in a situation like this, you know, it is unfortunate what happened. This what this young man did. Full responsibility and culpability lies on the young man, but there's also responsibility that lies on the part of not only this young man, but his parents, as well yes. as the school system. I'm of really course. excited to hear and so? see that these parents are being held accountable, uh, at least if nothing else for the moment. It, it may not go far. It may not result in charges. I hope it does, I hope it results in conviction. But at least we have a situation finally. St. Benedict's Episcopal School. David Perdue is... I'm sorry, that was my news article. <laughs> my apologies. So at least finally we have a situation where, you know, the, the, the parents of the young man have, they've also been arrested. This is something that probably should have been happening all along because in this unique situation, these parents bought the gun for this young man on a Black Friday sale gave the gun to him as a Christmas present or gift of some sort and literally told him to not get caught after text messages in exchange had been seen by a teacher in the school. Not only are these parents responsible, but the school system bears liability as well. And I'm sorry to say, and I hate to say it, 
but more should have been done in this case of this young man to stop him from doing what he did because the police, I mean, the school knew there had been uh, the teacher informed administration. Uh, the students had were on alert. There were students who literally did not go to school on the day that this shooting happened because they were forewarned about what was going, that there was the threat of a school shooting. So this is a situation that to me is very cut and dry that some educators to lose their jobs and their licenses as well as some parents to go to jail. Absolutely no question about it in my opinion, from my, from my perspective. So, you, so you're saying the educators, I mean, not the educators, but the school is at fault solely because when they found out about the ammunition that he was looking to buy, his mom said, just don't get caught, but they didn't send him home. And so is that the school's responsibility that these alleged or these issues? Yeah, Zach, the fact that parent, the fact that students in this school knew that a school shooting was threatened indicates that this school did not do their due diligence in checking students. When you have the possibility of violence happening in a school, it is the leadership's responsibility to put that school in appropriate lockdown precautions and procedures. They should have been doing screenings at the door. They should have been checking those bags of those students and they, because that's the response, that, who is, that is who is responsible for protecting the children. This young man should never have been allowed to enter into a building with a gun. That's the problem. And look at what happened when he did. The lives of four young people have been lost and will never be regained. Four families are now getting ready to enter, enter into the holiday season to celebrate Christmas without their children because of what this young man and his family decided to do. I have absolutely no sympathy for them at this point. None whatsoever. Ethan Crumbly looks like he needed help. When I look, when you talk about the photo, I look at this right here. He looked like he needed help when he was a little kid. He needed some help that maybe he didn't get. But nonetheless, this shouldn't have happened. And it's heartbreaking to me. It's heartbreaking. And it's just it's inexcusable. And Zach Thomas, you know, in going to that continuously, when you look at any type of situation as an administrator that comes into that building, if if for any particular reason, um, like, for instance, let's say something is happening, a child is being abused um, in that in that school. If a child has been abused in that school and we don't say anything about it and we've heard about it, it's actually if we find out anything, we're actually supposed to contact defects or contact social services. Mandated reporters. You're supposed to make a report. Mandated reporters. And that has to be done. So immediately, administrators, even if they think it's precautionary measures, even if they don't think it's serious, we're responsible, um, technically by law, to mm-hmm. make a, a make some type of uh, notice. Or and so, yes, I'm fully in agreement with Zach on this one. Where is the school truly did a disservice um, about not right. making sure that they did not provide the uh, not at least uh, move quicker than they did. And to and to say, did our schools have metal? Did any of your schools have metal detectors? My schools did not have metal detectors. I am. I've always been against metal detectors and heavy police presence in schools because schools should not feel like prisons. However, given the current climate and the way that things are looking, there needs to be some extra safeguards, some precautions in place to prevent this from happening. It's happening every week at this point. Almost every week. We get on here and we talk about another school shooting. When would this shit end? And it's not going to end until schools do a better job of policing what is coming into the building. If that means that students don't need to have backpacks, 
if that means that there needs to be metal detectors, if that means that there needs to be, you know, school resource officers, something needs to happen in order to ensure that these things don't happen. To, to add to that, Darius, I wouldn't say, you know, or just to add my own caveat, I wouldn't say that schools mm-hmm. need to be doing better, a better job of policing. That's a word I wouldn't use. I would say schools do a, do a better job of securing and ensuring a safe environment that's risk-free so that sure. every child can learn. And that is not necessarily done just by having more security guards or armed guards. I'm not saying, I don't believe that's the answer. The real answer comes in the fact that you need to have real counseling happening in schools, yes. but we can't afford to do it. There's mm-hmm. not enough of an investment in what really needs to happen. You do need to have strong counseling programs available to students because they actually need that. And if we gave our students, our young people, the mental health support they need when they are in school, we are going to have better adults entering into the real world. In addition to having better counseling services provided students and therapeutic service provider students, we need to have a bigger and greater focus, not just on social emotional learning, because that's become a buzzword, but authentic relationships around ways of letting all students learn how to respect and learn how to engage. Now, I won't say that's SEL, but that's a term you could use for that. But that is what needs to happen because this young man felt isolated. He felt alone. There's a lot of heartbreaking things involved with Ethan Crumbly. I would love to have been able to bring him into the greater community, show this young man that he belonged, show him that he was loved. But when you look at what he had to fight in regards to those parents, parents who would arm a 15-year-old with an assault weapon or, I mean, a gun, the, the odds were stacked against him. There's so many elements of this that are tragic. People are going to lose their jobs. Some educators are going to lose their jobs. And you know what? I think Brian Kemp is going to lose his job. (laughs) Darius, tell us about it. Well, yes, Brian Kemp is going to lose his job. We just hope that he loses it to the right person. So in the past week, we had two um, people announce that they are running for governor of the great state of Georgia, one being former Senator David Perdue. And the other being uh, Stacey Abrams. We all know that Stacey Abrams ran for governor um, in the last election. She lost again. Well, the election was stolen from her um, by Brian Kemp. Um, But I've been doing research already to see how they're talking. And already uh, David Perdue is doing his um, radicalizing the Democratic, the the, uh, party of Democrats. Um, by saying I'm running for governor to make sure that Stacey Abrams is never governor of Georgia. We need bold conservatives who will stand up to the woke left, not cave to their radical demands. Join me in this fight to stop Stacey and save Georgia. While Stacey Abrams has released a heartwarming video that featured her um, touring the entire state of Georgia, talking about the great work that she's done with Fair Fight Georgia and, and her other endeavors. And one thing that really stood out to me was her calling out the farmers in Peach County and also the educators in uh, Sparta, Georgia. And Sparta, Georgia is the town that neighbors my county. So I know that it immediately spoke to me that she would mention cities within the state of Georgia. So I'm wondering, what do you guys think about this race so far? How do you feel that these two will fare? And do you think that Brian Kemp is going to attempt to run again? Um, Let me know what you think. Um, First off, at this juncture, it is the... It's the it's the Republican Party against Stacey Abrams. I want to say that I don't think it's Brian. It's the Republican Party. 
um, because of the fact that you can tell right now that there's so much turmoil in the Republican Party because they're trying to figure out who is the best one that can beat her. They don't believe that Brian Kemp is the one. So, again, you have at least three. You have three. And what people understand is there are two other people right now who've announced they're running for governor on the GOP side. So there's four of them right now. And there's one of her. Um, You also have to look at the optics. Now, he was just a senator who just lost in a special in an election, potentially where he could have gone and ran again for the seat that he just left because of the fact that just happened a year ago. So. Obviously, you know, they're realizing that maybe just maybe we have to, and, and what happens is Republicans are looking at it differently than we're looking at it. I truly do believe that di- Republicans see that Senate seat um, potentially as not as beatable as winnable. Um, and unfortunately, they think again, they think that pulling away from that seat uh, is going to help. Unfortunately, they don't have a strong candidate in that regard either. Last thing I want to say is, again, this. The Democratic Party in this state and across this across the different states are going to have to really come up with a plan. Again, Republicans at the end of the day play to win. Democrats play to be right. At this juncture, we need to win. It ain't about always being you can't be right when you're not you're not at the helm of the game. So right. What the Democrats have to do in this juncture is play to win and not just try to be right. Get right when you win. Once you win, then get right. And get everything right, but until you get thing, until you win, you ain't got shit to say because you ain't you can't, you can't do nothing right now. So that's my thing. You're right. Now I want to say that this is not going to be um, as easy of a situation as I think some are making it or wanting it to be for Stacey. I believe, and I'm predicting tonight far in advance that yes, Stacey Abrams does have a plan. And I do believe that Stacey Abrams is going to be the next and rightful governor of the state of Georgia. But DeAndre is 100% correct in regards to what has to happen to make that occur, which is Democrats have to man up. They have to grow some, uh, they have to develop some intestinal fortitude and they have got to do what needs to be done and not be like weak as they are on the national level. The Democratic Party on the national level has made a lot of severe missteps, at, which is the result of bad PR, not having the right people handling media and just just being just not focused on 21st century uh, election tactics. That, that's part of the problem. I don't believe that Stacey Abrams is going to, to fall victim to those issues. Am I coming across okay? I'm getting another weak signal message. So, you know, I don't believe that Stacey Abrams is going to have those issues. Stacey Abrams isn't Joe Biden. Stacey Abrams isn't, you know, Vice President Harris. Stacey Abrams is going to come with, come with, and she's going to hit these people hard. I mean, really hard. And I think that that's what it's going to take. The issue is, do we have enough swing voters left in this state who are going to be undecided? What hurts us is the unfavorability of the Democratic Party throughout the state as a result of being the people that are in power and the misinformation that is prevalent not only in Georgia, but all across the United States of America about what Democrats are or are not doing. That is my fear. Uh, Zach, as someone who lives outside of Georgia, what are your thoughts, if any? Um, so... I, I worry and I agree with everyone else said solely because it feels like we've been here before or you all have been here before. 
Um, and being that Kemp is still in office, and as somebody mentioned about the attorney general, also at, at the uh, election commissioner, will be another stolen election. Um, and so I worry with that. Um, also, I also worry is, um, and I'm not there in Georgia, like you said, but is Stacey still in the limelight like she was for those Senate seats and other elections? Is she still as seen as a popular or viable candidate um, based off of not being on talk shows and being in the media as much as she was before? So those are just some, some things that I'm thinking about. I think, I think she'll be fine. I think, I'm sorry, DeAndre. No, I, I think that she'll be I think she'll do fine. Um, I I saw a lot of reverence given to her following those um, that Senate race and following the presidential race. Essentially, people were lauding her more so than Kamala Harris and Joe Biden in some instances. And so one thing about us is that when things are popular in social media, it's easy to jump on the bandwagon. I just hope that we stay on that bandwagon and ban our wagons to the polls and make sure that we make this happen for the state of Georgia. But I think that uh, Stacey Abrams is definitely a, a pop culture icon in this moment. So I hope that she's able to use that status um, to secure this seat. Do people in Georgia care about her as a pop culture icon? Does that help her or does that hurt her? It helps her with the right people um, for the voters that we need to get out for people who might not have regularly been, been interested in the voting process to begin with or people who felt, you know, discouraged and have voter apathy and things like that. I feel that when we're able to excite people in a way that makes it relevant to millennials and younger, then that's when we see uh, situations mm -hmm. like, you know, war getting Warnock and Ossoff into office. So I'm hoping that that same energy will excite the people um, or we could just simply have T.I. and Isaac Hayes III and a number of other people create rumors that uh, Brian Kemp is going to shut down all the nightclubs and liquor stores. And let's see if that's going to I don't know about all that. Um, Alicia but, is pressed, too. And rightfully yeah, so. She is that. pressed. But I will say, though, um, and this is what we'll what we have to be very careful about here in Georgia that Virginia even went through is that at the end of the day, what we have to be mindful is, is that Terry, the reason why Terry lost is because Terry and the Democrats took the Democratic vote for granted. And what the Democrats cannot do in this next election of 22, that's across the board in Congress, that's in uh, Senate, that's, sorry, Council, so it's House, Senate, that's in gubernatorial races, whatever case may be, they cannot take the black vote for granted, but they can't take the Democrat, Democratic vote for granted, and is as if, oh, they're just going to come vote and everything else. That Again, that goes back to the conversation that Republicans play to win, Democrats play to be right. And that's what happened in Virginia, because they took for granted that, you know, was going to happen. And they they slept on that Republican. And so now they have a Republican governor. As long as we continue to make sure that we're doing our part to support Stacey, you know, we can't you know, we can't be out here, you know, talking one thing and then speaking against her, you know, speaking about what she is and isn't doing the next. Now, mind you, let's be very clear. I've been on here. I've told you I may have my um uh, evaluate my, my quirks or my issues as pertains to what she has done in office. But at the end of the day, 
for the common good, we all have to be unified in our approach. And if that means that I need to shut my mouth so that we can make sure that she gets in, then that's what I need to do. But that's the problem that we don't have. You can see Republicans are fighting all day. But when it comes to them standing and banding together, at the end of the day, Republicans are going to band together. We right now, the only ones, it's the progressives here. It's the moderate here. It's the conservative here. It's the black here. It's the white here. We're the only ones beating ourselves. Republicans like, go ahead. Y'all do y'all business. And we still going to win. I agree 100 uh, percent. While we're talking about Stacey Abrams having a chance to win in Georgia, does Mehmet Oz have a chance to win in Pennsylvania? Dr. Oz, let me pull up. Hold on. Let me pull him up so you guys can see what that's him. Look at Dr. Oz. Looking <laughs> <Freaking> bad. <laughs> Dr. Oz needs to take a seat. Um, I mean, I, I'm just being honest because people are saying just because you were raised in Pennsylvania, but now you live in New Jersey, you're trying to run for Pennsylvania Senate seat. Um, <laughs> this is just funny, like all around funny. And Zach, you know it's not good when the staff is saying they're now questioning if they're actually going to stay on right. to work with the staff members. So that even within itself. But I agree, that works as a whole lot. Like, I ain't really doing it if somebody told me to do it. Right. Yeah, I know that's Wendy Williams' homeboy. He used to be Oprah's. Uh, Lydia said he needs to go to the trip club. <laughs> I'm leaving. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Mehmet Oz is able to secure the, no the Republican nomination. Uh, it's going to be, a, I think, a hard-fought race. Uh, but again, in that situation, if he doesn't win, he too will have lost his job. Now, but, but I think this also brings up some, some valid points. Is notoriety and popularity and celebrity is the new political way. Um, Not in Pennsylvania. It, I think, had, think about it, Trump. Think about it. Oz, you've had like, well, back in the day, you had Arnold Schwarzenegger, whatever his name it is. It depends on where you are. That nonsense works in somewhere like California. It works, right? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger was able to be governor of California. Ronald Reagan was able to be governor of California after being a B-list actor. But, you know, your homegirl and friend, Caitlyn Jenner, wasn't able to go anywhere, okay, on her recall efforts. She didn't win anything but uh, maybe some more wrinkle cream. Now, in regards to what's going to happen in the, in the state of Pennsylvania, I have no doubt in my mind that Mammon Oz, the people, Pennsylvania is a very different place in California. I, I just don't see celebrity having a major impact for him. And, I, and to be honest with you, I don't know to what extent celebrity has a big role to play in the state of Georgia outside of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. uh, I just don't think it's a big deal here either. Not in, the, not in these more rural areas. They don't care. And celebrity only I think celebrity only works for the time that they're in. Um, like, for instance, um, if you remember, if you if you all know Fred Thompson, Fred Thompson mm -hmm. was in Tennessee. Right. Fred Thompson right. used to be on Law and Order. You know, mm -hmm. Jesse Ventura, you know, former uh, wrestler when he ran. That mm -hmm. was something. Um, Al Franken, when Al Franken, Jerry Springer, Jerry Springer, right. Cincinnati mayor. That was something big. You know, so um, these individuals, they were for a specific time. The question becomes, have we bypassed that term? And then what aspect of that celebrity are we looking at? You know, 
Are you an outspoken, outlandish celebrity? And is that what the people need right now? Or are you a more conservative, what we need celebrity? So it's kind of one of those, you have to determine the time and where we're in, and if that will, will work for you. Yeah, because I know people are talking about The Rock needs to run for president. And so I'm just seeing if celebrity is what people want. But just like uh, Matt, uh, Matthew McConaughey, he decided not to run in oh, Texas. Yeah. You know, again, he realized it, 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 you know, it really wasn't worth it. I think yeah. who was going to run for mayor of uh, New York? Uh, one from Sex in the City. Oh, yeah. Cynthia, Cynthia Nixon. Uh, Nixon. Yeah. Cynthia so, Nixon was going to run, but she 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 backed out of it so that she could film the new season of the Sex in the City uh, reboot. So, you know, it, it, we we definitely uh, consider the role of celebrities. Dr. Oz's show is obviously probably not going to continue. He's also going to lose his job. We'll see if he can get another one. Uh, let's talk, Zach, about the numerous activists who are fighting against the uh, conviction and imprisonment of the young lady, Crystal Kaiser, Kizer, who was uh, had the exact same judge as Kyle Rittenhouse, but did not have the same beneficial justice that many feel Kyle received. Uh, Zach, go ahead and tell us about it. So yes, as we know, um, in recent weeks um, about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial that he was acquitted on all charges for his self-defense um, and so now people who are in Kenosha, um, Wisconsin, are also screaming and chanting the name of Crystal Kaiser, um, who is a black woman who was sex trafficked um, and also um, raped um, while she was young at 17 years old. And um, she actually um, ended up killing her assailant and actually um, burning his house down. Um, and so she claiming she's also claiming self-defense. And so I was trying to bring this to the to the group and the guys to see, do you think that this will be held at the same um, level as Kyle Rittenhouse? Because it's also self-defense, as we know, when blacks claim self-defense, because there's also, a, I think, a trial that's going to be going on in Georgia um, with a guy who claims self-defense against a white um, guy um, who he shot. And so do you think we will have the same benefits and the same outcome as a Kyle Rittenhouse? No. If that's the case, the young lady situation, it's clear what she was dealing with. You had a situation where she was being sex trafficked and abused by a sexual predator and deviant, yet it's still she's still in prison. So of course it's not going to be the same situation. Of course it's not going to be the same outcome. The, the American justice system is meant to lock away people like her. And that's exactly what happened. And unfortunately, I'm afraid the exact same thing is going to happen to the young man in South Georgia. It was in Statesboro, Georgia, Bullock County. This young man was with his girlfriend. They, you know, suppose, they, he said they tried to run him off the road, but his girlfriend was no, refused to cooperate his story. At first she said what he was saying, but then the community got involved and she changed her mind. She stopped saying it. Uh, probably from some pressure from her community as she's a young white girl with, and, she, and he's a young black male, but he says that he's mixed. So uh, nonetheless, going back to the central argument, I have nothing but heartbreak around uh, the Kizzer story, praying for her, praying for justice, but so thankful that advocates are raising their voices and beating the drums for justice so that she can get more attention in this case. 
I think uh, Michael Gravely, who is the district attorney, I believe that he also, just like what's going on in the Ahmad Aubrey, that, that happened in the Ahmad Aubrey case, I believe that this district attorney, was, whether it starts from, he should be brought up on charges as well. Why do I say that? Because of the fact that there is information that he knows, and he knows for a fact that he, they were they were already investigating this man for child pornography um, and sex already. And the, for you to say, okay, well, we still believe it was premeditated because of the fact that we went on her social media and she had a gun and say she'll kill again. Okay, well, I can go and say that, uh, you know, I can't stand this or stand that. But I mean, I'm a, that's the same how I feel tomorrow. At the end of the day, you can't keep taking something I've said in the past and try to correlate it to this very thing just because you believe that it was associated. It wasn't even associated. And when you think about how this how this situation was, you know, you don't know where the, you don't know the mental capacity of the middle state. You didn't even give her the ability to I want to say, say plead insanity. but You didn't even give her the, the middle capacity to have a mental evaluation done, which could have potentially been another issue in this case. You're trying to say it's premeditated. You don't understand what this girl was going six at the time. She was 16. She was 17 when she shot him. But she was 16 years old when this 33 year old white man was having her come and have sex. And so you don't think, especially when a 16-year-old's mind is still not all the way developed. So you think that she had the ability for premeditation. Now, mind you, I only went to school, I only went to law school for one year, and I can still tell you that that still doesn't make sense to me. So you sitting here with premeditated, but yet you have a person whose mind is not fully developed, and yet you're trying to say that she premeditated a sec, uh, and her mental capacity is not is, is not sane. I'm not hearing that. And so I say they need to go after that attorney. That attorney general, I'm sorry, the um, district attorney as well, after it's all said and done. Well, first of all, DeAndre, what degree have you not attempted at this point? It's like, right. I realized that I didn't want to go into, there were certain things in law I didn't want to go into and I quit. It wasn't mm-hmm. a word. But listen to this. So just this idea of premeditation, premeditation is buying a gun, crossing state line and saying that, you know, I'm going to, that's premeditation. We're talking about someone who has been abused. You're this is somebody who has nothing to do with this situation at all. But I'm gonna bring my gun in case something pop off. That's premeditated saying, okay, I'm gonna need a gun when I go to this state to this protest in order to do this. And he did what he did. Someone being abused and then going to to end the abuse that she's been going through. If that's premeditated, then what what is it gonna be? Because I think that as we continue to draw this this comparison, it's going to cause this to become a bigger issue and hopefully big enough for the judge to be like, listen, I don't even want to get into what this is going to look like. Like even the optics alone. I know Vince talks about optics all the time, um, but the optics of him finding this girl guilty and finding Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty is going to be terrible. So I hope that as they continue to draw this comparison, that the outcome will be different. You know, here's the situation. Um, th- I just, again, I do not see how this is a situation that has resulted uh, and gone this far. This man started to sexually abuse this girl at the age of 16. This man filmed the sexual acts. And those sexual acts with this, this girl have been seen by authorities. This man preyed on other 
underage black girls. That was his victim of choice. And you think about why was that victim of choice? And to me, you would think perhaps it's because who's going to care? These are young black girls living in poverty and no one's going to know. And if they do know, no one's going to care. And unfortunately, the American justice system is proving that this is correct. It's heartbreaking. I do not understand. And and now, you know, the counter argument is that she killed him to steal his BMW. This girl was being abused. This this girl was being abused. And she got away in the BMW. Yeah. So I had to kill you just to get the BMW. Right. But I I think I still worry because I think this Kyle Rittenhouse case, um, along with the... um, what was the the food uh, that killed? Um, um, oh my God, Florida! Um, the first one that um, George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman and this whole self defense um, self defense act or the self defense law um, it scares the hell out of me um, because I think now it's giving white people or other people opportunities to kind of claim the self-defense because they felt threatened or felt that they was in imminent um, danger from somebody or someone. And already, you know, with stereotype threats around black people, it's, it's, it's harmful. It's dangerous, actually. At this point, the judge um, in the case of the murder of um, Ahmaud Aubrey needs to do everybody's case from now on. Because clearly he gets it. Um, but again, I think the others that going, and not to prolong it, but going to the conversation you were having about the justice system and how everything is working, I still remember even here in the state of Georgia, when we talk about just how debunked the laws are. I remember when my little brother, Gennaro Wilson, was actually in jail because of a, a sexual act that was um, actually consensual uh, between two students. But because one father told the dog, because he found out it was with a black man, the father made it very clear it's supposed to be about rape. At that time, we had a black attorney general, a black attorney general by the name of Thurbert Baker, who had the authority to actually take to to overturn, actually take him out. It wasn't until some laws changed um, that benefited another, not us. They were able to then go back and get him out of jail. But that was a couple of years out of this young man's life because of a law that benefited one group and not the other. Uh, and so, again, you also got to be very careful about the people who look like you because they may not be your kind either. So you got to be careful about those just because they black or they say they, 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 they look like you and talk like you. They maybe actually have your you be worse than the other people who are supposed to be, I guess, fighting for you. So it's a shame. You know, hopefully this is going to be a situation where the judge is going to again give an appropriate sentence. Uh, Not saying he gave one before, but maybe this time he will. And uh, if not, hopefully he'll lose his job, just like Chris Cuomo. Oh, Chrissy. Uh, Chris Cuomo uh, has indeed been fired from CNN. And... um, DeAndre, tell us about it. Yeah, so Chris Cuomo, um, they made it announce. Well, originally they had suspended him, and then of course on Saturday they made the announcement uh, that 
Uh, Chris Cuomo, uh, who, of course, was on CNN at nine o'clock on Easter time and in, 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 uh, right after right after um, uh, what's the boy? I'm sorry. Uh, black boy. Uh, y'all know the Don, Don Lemon. Don Lemon. Thank you. I was like, Don. I can't get could get his name out. Uh, who is the brother of, of course, the no now former governor uh, Andrew Cuomo? And it was stated that ultimately uh, he was using his platform, using his uh, his resources to provide information to his brother. This information kind of came out during an investigation that the attorney general was actually doing on the governor. And there was some information that came out that then caused um, an attorney uh, and a private investigation on from CNN to actually go look into what resources that Chris Cuomo was using to assist his brother. Chris Cuomo continued to keep his innocence by stating, I was never an advisor to my brother. I was a brother. Um, And uh, I was providing uh, I was doing what I believe was best for my brother. I was being an advisor. I told you all consistently this is what I did or what did I do? In hours after the investigation, hours after the firing, all of a sudden there was this lawyer who came out and said that Chris Cuomo uh, had an accuser of sexual assault against him. Uh, and there hasn't been much conversation around it just yet. But now all of a sudden now he has an accuser um, about uh, about him. Say so it was a junior associate uh, who worked him at another station. Wasn't CNN. It was at another um a, a news uh, station. So I'm curious about the question, of course, that's been on everybody's mind. Gentlemen, if it, you know, Darius, you have brothers. Um, I have, uh, I have sisters, but I don't have brothers. Uh, you all, uh, 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 Zach, you have a sister who has a birthday uh, today. Um, and you know, and I think you have brothers too, right? Yeah. So you yeah, have brothers. I have brothers. Would you do this for your sibling uh, and would you risk your job at it? I, I might be unpopular with this, but I don't think he should have been fired. I honestly don't. I think um, I think he was been a brother. Um, I think he was using his resources to um, gather information, um, been a journalist um, as well, um, to actually help his brother's case. He was an advi- he wasn't an advisor, he was been a, a brother. He I, I got resources that I can lean on and say, "Oh, what's going on? What's the name of these accused uh victims, uh, alleged victims?" Then, yeah, I'm going to provide it. Like I'm going to help them out. Like I'm sorry, I might be in the minority, but I don't think he should have been fired for it. today is my beloved sister's birthday. <laughs> And, you know, I just take a moment, you know, this is a, you know, as you know, it's a challenging birthday. It's all, it's a, just a tough birthday for her this year. And, you know, you know why. And so, you know, I want to say that, she, you know, my mother achieved many things in her life with her children. And many of you know, many things that I've accomplished and many things that I've done. But I promise you this, and I say this in the bottom of my heart, my mother's greatest accomplishment was raising my sister, Tysetta, whose birthday is today. She is the kindest person that I know and the love and commitment that she showed my mother in the final months of her life will forever hold me in her debt. I will never be able to repay her for the way that she loved my mother and treated her. So I wish her nothing but the best of birthdays. And despite that being said, I would not do for her 
what Chris Cuomo did for his brother, because it is not appropriate. There's nothing wrong with Chris Cuomo wanting his brother to be found free. There is nothing wrong with Chris Cuomo uh, giving advice to his brother that did not involve illegally obtained information or unethically obtained information from his his press credits. You cannot mix your job and the uh, perks or the benefits or any of the things that come with that involved with your family life and business that's when it becomes unethical when you do that you place the entire credibility of the press at risk cnn had no choice but to let him go and i'm thankful that they did it now i stopped watching cnn already there is no angela rye on cnn there are no strong black commentators from back in the day on cnn but yet you kept a number of white commentators who were highly controversial for a lot longer so cnn has been cut in my book i don't watch chris Cuomo, cuomo i don't watch don lemon i watch msnbc when they mess up i'm gonna cut them off too but again all that to say CNN was justified in doing what they did because they must maintain the credibility of the press at all costs. Well, I'll just answer too, DeAndre. You know, um, I'll do anything for my brothers, but I wouldn't have to do this for my brothers because they don't play like that. So in the first place, you know, you need to consider who it is that you are protecting. I'm not caping for anyone who is uh, allegedly you know, mishandling women or mistreating women. And luckily, uh, we were raised in such a way that that's not something that I would ever have to question, that I'll be somewhere trying to steal information to keep them from being locked up for sexually harassing women or sexually, you know, whatever. We're going to all be broke. We're going to all lose everything together. So then who who are you going to fall back on? Exactly. My book deals. Because people people are gonna want to read about this. I just I just I on one end I'm in the sense of I would you know I don't want to lose my money. On the other end, I'm with Zach Thomas because I'm like and I and I'm kind of where Candy is is kind of where Candace is, is kind of like my thing about it is if I know if I believe, if I believe that my brother and if I believe this is not the case and I'm being just an advisor to him, um, I believe I'm going to do uh, what I feel is best for my for my brother um, or my sisters, for that matter. Um, but I also I get kind of and I'm not saying this way on, on, on this show uh, in general. I get interested when I find these self-righteous people who pick and choose when they will or won't help their family. Um, and I find that funny that some of these people who are out here say, I would never do and yada, 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 but there are certain things that you are willing to do, um, that you, that would get you potentially, you know, I'll go to jail for mine and this, this, and this and everything else. Okay. You know, you fighting and being in the streets and everything is the same as you getting the information and taking your tail to jail too. So I'm just a firm believer that, you know, I, I, I believe that you, you're going to do what you think, what you feel is best for your family. And if that the moment. yeah, at the moment, you're going to do what you feel is best. And so I just I find a problem with these people who are all over a place and they get self-righteous. But 
But wait till you get put in that situation. Wait till you're in the front street. Wait till you're in that seat. Will you say the same thing? Will it be the same case? I can't say I will or won't. Right now, I'm looking and saying, you know, I believe I would help. If it comes down to it, I'm sitting in that seat and I'm realizing, you know, this may not be best. I may change my tune. But because I'm not there and I don't know the situation, I can't judge it. But again, the self-righteous people, now they're what pissing me off. But because well, I'm not recording on everything else. Here's the when thing. When you look like, at this situation, look at this situation, right? Andrew Cuomo is accused, was accused of inappropriate contact with, with female staff members. In this situation, okay, because oh. I, I hate like, you can take it. Look at look at this one situation. Okay, right. If my sister was drowning in a lake and I can't swim, I might still jump in that lake and do all I can and still save her at the risk of losing my life because that is one type of situation. But in this situation where Andrew Cuomo was accused of inappropriate sexual contact of women, there is no way I would have put myself in a position to lose my job for that. I would have told him on up to it. I would have told him step down and resign. And I would have said, I'll give you a couple of one of these millions of the six that he made that Alari talked about. And again, when you make $6 million, you spend millions of dollars. I don't know if you good or not, but nor do I care. I could care less about the financial uh, stability of the Cuomo family. And I was going to add, it's like we tell the children in school, you know, your parents always tell you, um, if somebody hits you, they hit them back. At the end of the day, if we're in the school and someone hits you and you hit them back, what's happening? Both of y'all are getting suspended. So just know that your consequence, I mean, your actions always come with consequences. So do what you need to do, but understand that this is the result of your own decision. This is the result of your own making. So at that point, you decided that your brother's name being clear was more important than being able to provide for your family. That's the decision that you made, and you have to live with the consequences. I don't think he was thinking of it out of that. I think he was thinking of, I'm helping a he family. Was but, but I'm not reporting on this on CNN when I get in my chair. I'm not reporting on this. I'm utilizing resources that I have, not with my work, but resources that I have at my disposal to see what's going on behind the scenes so I could probably help clear up my brother's name because I believe that he is not guilty. It's like insider trading. If I find out that Apple is working on some massive shit and that the stock is going to, you know, boom in a few weeks when they announce this then i go and buy all this stock or i tell other people to buy all this stock that's unethical i know that i'm going to lose my job he knew that sharing the information was unethical he knew that he he knew that and so at the end of the day all he can do is take a lick and keep on ticking maybe he'll get that book deal that you're talking about Chad, there are some people who got diplomas and degrees because they were unethical at this right. juncture. at this point in juncture i'm just kind of like we do again i keep saying this we do what we feel but I'm, I'm repeating what you said we do what we feel is best for us if you understand the repercussions again where i where i find my my problem my issue is with is don't you know don't come and be you know my word don't be out here being fickle you know don't be out here being fickle and then all of a sudden now when it's you know it's your turn you and you backtrack and everything my thing is say don't be out here being self-righteous that's my only thing you out here all out here being self-righteous as if you know you've never done it there's never been a situation i, I just don't I, I i'm just one of those ones where i would have to find myself in that situation and and, I, and i'll have to be willing to take that consequence if it comes to it Whatever, would I take it? Which means I may be 
um, ostracize my family if I don't do, or I do, and then maybe lose my job. So I have to determine those, I have to make those consequences, uh, determinations once I get to that position. But until now, I'm just like, yeah, but I'm with Zach. I'm like, hell, we're having these conversations and they still gonna make money. This is gonna get book deals. This is gonna be fine. And and yet we still gonna be here trying to make our millions because we will well, have just, well just remember uh Dr. Pickett, it's only cheating if you get caught. Mm-mm. It's cheating no matter what. It's cheating. <laughs> I, I was like, wait, well, uh, you know, open up that can of worms. Yeah, it's, it's wrong. If you get caught, it's wrong. It's wrong. Like no matter what, now it's wrong. Now, mama told that son don't get no caught. one may know it, but you will know it. You will know mm-hmm. it, and not only will you know it, but God too sees and and will know it. And the God will forgive you, though. God will forgive you. That's okay. Again, every people are different, and some people are more prone to karm- karmic law than others. I know Zachary Kirk uh, is prone to karmic law. So he continues to do all that he can do to sow good seeds in the world because if not, he will reap a bitter harvest. And I want beauty for my ashes. I want beauty. The views of Darius are the views of Darius. We do not believe that cheating is the only way you get caught. We are not, I am not claiming that today. I don't want nobody coming telling me. I hear you, Darius. And let me tell you something You you cheat on me. Okay. Oh wait, I'm not talking about in relationships. You know, you said no, 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 because cheating is like cheating. No, no, I'm like on test. Test. Cheating or like you know, uh, uh-uh. uh. So, in addition to uh, my sister's birthday, we also celebrated on yesterday Lydia Martin, who's with us, had a birthday. Happy belated birthday, Lydia. And this weekend, I had the amazing opportunity to celebrate the birthday of Annette Smith, who was with us. Happy birthday, Annette. Your party was amazing. I had a great time. Uh, With all of that being said, we also celebrate today the birthday of an original Five guy, the one okay, and the Vasante Vince Ashton Driver. So all the legality there. Vince has been with the five guys on live since day one. Today, he is out celebrating his birthday. We are happy and proud to wish him a birthday. I want each guy to think for a moment. I'm gonna I'll go first while I'm putting you on the spot. Think for a moment, what is, in your opinion, the best thing you can say about Vince Ashton? And I'll go first. Vince is a serial entrepreneur who creates innovative ideas and sees those ideas through. A prime example is the one and the only It's a Cheesecake ATL. Vince started making cheesecakes last year. Maybe he was making them before then, but I know I bought cheesecakes from Vince when he first announced it's a cheesecake. We had them for the holidays in my family. We we got those cheesecakes. And I we I have seen Vince grow from cheesecake selling online or on Instagram. He didn't even have a website yet to now being in Lenox Mall where he sells his It's a Cheesecake with and Cheese and he has had other opportunities that have come that we will be seeing and learning more about if it hasn't already aired. So again, happy birthday, Vince Ashton. Next man, take it away. Well, I haven't known Vince as long as you all have, but I definitely could say that uh, uh, Vince is definitely one who is consistent um, has a great personality. Uh, it was great meeting him in person at Zach's uh, birthday. 
um, gala. Um, so uh, uh, definitely look forward to many more conversations. I haven't had a chance to taste a cheesecake, um, but I'm looking forward to it in the future. You want to go, Darius? Sure. I'll say this. <laughs> this is going to kill me. First of all, Zach just pulled one of his favorite people's lines. He pulled one of Cynthia's line. I'm still getting to know Vince. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Vince is a true Sagittarius. Vince will cuss you out on Monday, and then he'll just turn around and be so nice to you on Tuesday. So I appreciate Vince for being a genuine person, always standing up for what he believes in, and always being supportive of everything that we have going on. And he is one of the voices um, that I think we really enjoy to hear from. Um, True to Atlanta, and he is just a great friend, and those cheesecakes are amazing. So check out It's a Cheesecake if you have not already. Happy birthday, Vince. Yeah. And I have known Vince for a very long time. I remember when Vince was in that town home, as Zach was saying, making those cheesecakes uh, from the very beginning and getting those cheesecakes in there. But if I had to describe it, I would say I would use a hashtag, hashtag respect the hustle. Um, because if you know anything about Vince, Vince has like 51,000 hustles um, and he's consistent with those hustles. Um, and he, he one of the things I love most about Vince is the fact that he literally not only uses his talent, but he tries to find a way to showcase and make someone else's better as well. Like he'll always try to find what someone else is doing and help them. Even when he is, you know, trying to do some stuff and building his stuff, even, you know, uh, he's trying to build his brand. He always try to find a way to help someone else in the process. So he really understands that lifting while they're climbing philosophy. And so I'm just happy to know Vince uh, and, and, and be able to work with him uh, now. And as we have in the past, and we are excited to, as, as, as uh, Darius said, he is definitely the uh, one, another voice that adds balance and I do agree. Yes, he will. Not, he would be nice to you and send you a nice so ugly text message the next day, and then go back and be nice to you again. So, happy birthday, Vince! <laughs> happy birthday, Vince! Uh, we, of course, are going to continue with our after show on Instagram Live. Zach has some topics, but we're going to definitely talk about Lil Boosie and his uh, Greek extravaganza. His Greek extravaganza. Uh, and we have a few other really good topics. I know I definitely want to explore with our Instagram audience um, the Jesse Smollett case. Jesse Smollett case. I got that. Which has definitely been uh, moving forward as well as the Three Six Mafia and Bone Thugs in Harmony versus. Versus. So we're gonna talk about some of those topics on the Instagram after show. You can go to any of our IG uh, accounts, the Zactivist, I am Dr. Pickett, King underscore King Darius, or Destined to Be Great to then uh, see us. But now, Darius, give us today's Black History fact as we celebrate Black History 365 days a year. Yes. Okay. So on this day in Black History, Joseph Rainey was. Uh, sworn in as the first African-American to serve in the United States House of Representatives. He was born enslaved and he was the first to preside over the House. He was the longest serving black lawmaker in Congress during Reconstruction. And he served for more than eight years in the House, 
working to pass civil rights legislation, fund public schools, and guarantee equal protection under the law. So tonight's Black History uh, 365 moment is Joseph Rainey. And you are on mute. Thank you so much. Great time. Great time. Everybody, thank you for joining us. We had a great time. We will see you back on next week. And join us now on Instagram Live.